Hello, I'm Michelle Ransom-Hughes and this is Oh My Dog. While the world's been in lockdown, I jumped online with a great bunch of people, all of whom have dogs named Daisy, and I put to them the same 21 questions. I've split their stories across two episodes, and this is the first of them. My name's Tom and my dog is Daisy. She was the the one family dog and we had her for 17 years, so pretty much my whole childhood. My name is Sue Thurley and my dog is Daisy. My name's Cassidy and my dog's name is Daisy. So my name's Luke and my dog is named Daisy. She is a Steffi Cross Kelpie and I'm 11 years old. Okay. So my name is Lydia Gamble and uh, my dog is Daisy. Daisy's a spoodle, so she's a cocker spaniel cross with a poodle. Daisy's a German shorthead pointer. Jack Russell Terrier. Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Could you describe what she looks like? She is white spotted with um, a brown head. A Cavalier King Charles Spaniel is a small dog and they were bred to look like a puppy their whole life. She was uh, a long-legged version of the of the breed, and she was sort of bright white all over with brown spots. The colour is called blenum, but what that means is she's a beautiful kind of half-and-half mix of a chestnut red or brown and white. In the sunlight, her uh, white hair sparkles like pearls. And what sort of size would you say she is? She is probably 23 inches at the shoulder. She weighs about 25 kilos. Just roughly. Just roughly. She's small. She's not a tall... She's probably like a medium dog size, I guess, but she's not as big as as what some Kelpies would get. But she's black with um, a bit of white under her chin and some white on her paws. Daisy! I need to get her here to see. Oh, yeah. They have the long spaniel ears, like a any spaniel, springer, cocker, where the hair continuously grows, but the rest of their coat is very much more like a golden retriever, except their feet are feathered. Now, uh, yeah, each paws, but the front of her paws are, is white, and she's got a white chest. Yeah. People who own Cavaliers are very familiar with the terminology Grinch feet. Their feet look like characters from Dr. Seuss. They're very elegant dogs. They have feathering on their arms and legs. Um, She has 11 inch hair on her tail that is a feather. Just a beautiful brush swishes back and forth. They're just perfect. They look like a walking stuffed toy. How did Daisy get her name? She started out as Spot when she was a small pup. Um, and then in the car ride home, uh, we sort of, we just generally felt that that wasn't quite right for her. And I think because she was small and, and white and vibrant, uh, she had that sort of, the feeling of a daisy. And it only fit her more and more over the years because she was always in the grass or in the dirt. And it, yeah, she was a, a pop of white. <laughs> Daisy is a pedigreed German shorthead pointer and her proper name is Australian champion Cobadan Upsa Daisy. 
two ways. Uh, one was when I got her, uh, Marc Jacobs had released the Daisy perfume and there was that ad that said Daisy a lot. Um, and the other one is she's really uncoordinated. So we used to say whoopsie Daisy a lot. Whoopsie Daisy. Whoopsie Daisy. Oopsie Daisy. Daisy sounds British. It's a British breed of dog. And to me, Daisy sounds like if Daisy were a person, she would be bubbly, happy all the time, and appear to be a little on uh, uh, light thinking, shall we say. Um, uh, not to offend anybody, but what I like to say is blonde. <laughs> Internally blonde. Um, to be honest, I can't even remember why that name popped up. It just did. My mum was absolutely desperate to get a dog. We'd, we'd just um, got a small cabin sort of beach house place in Moggs Creek. We had four sons, five and a half years apart, oldest to youngest. And mum was worried about uh, us around the house, around the sort of property and in the bush with snakes. So she was very keen to get a dog that would alert us to snakes if, if they were around. And Jack Russell's had a bit of a, a reputation for that. So she found an ad in the paper for a, a dog, I think, in Colac. You know, as they were becoming more independent, they didn't need me anymore. I like to be needed. <laughs> and so I got Daisy to help with the whole empty nest thing that I knew was coming. Dad was dead set against it because uh, he, didn't, he didn't want the maintenance. Um, but we went along, Mum insisted that we go, and, and he was the first one to, to capitulate. He fell in love on the spot and absolutely had to have that dog. Yeah, I got her off my brother. Um, I went and had a look at the pups, and Daisy was probably the most reserved out of the, the litter. Like, you know, with all the little pups who were jumping out of the box at you, Daisy was probably the most um, relaxed one or the one just sitting there. So that's what drew me to her more, I guess. Our other um, German shorthead pointers came from the same kennel. And in June last year, our old girl, um, who was almost 15, wasn't well. So we ranked the breeders to see whether they were having puppies. And they got back to us and said, would you like an older girl? They decided they only wanted the one litter out of her. She'd been a show dog, got her title very early. Didn't like the show ring. Didn't like dogs running up behind her, um, as they do. She had 11 puppies. And when they were weaned, Daisy came to us. I say, you know, she is my dog, you know, in the way the world works. She's my dog, but really, truly, I'm her person. And um, she is, I don't know, she lights up my soul when we're together. We go walking twice a day first walk is at, at seven o'clock in the morning um, but I, I guess the best thing she does is cuddle. I love having a bed day with her like yesterday it's like pouring rain and we lay in bed and I watch dumb tv 
um, and pretend that she's watching dumb TV with me and she just snuggles up all day and she's so happy that I don't have to go to work or go to the gym or do anything like that. And I just really love that. <laughs> we've been places, we've done things and just chilling, watching a movie is good for both of us. She actually does cuddle. She just doesn't sit next to you. She cuddles. She wraps her, I was going to say her arms, her front legs around you and cuddles. She'll put her head, when I, when I lift her up to put her into bed at night, she actually puts her head on my shoulder and, and arches around my neck with her head. She hugs me. She's the most beautiful thing. Bed days with your dog are the best. You don't have that guilt. I still have a little bit of guilt that I'm doing nothing, but you're like, you're spending such quality time with them. And especially since she got sick, I feel like I appreciate that time so much more where we're just lying together and cuddling. So uh, unfortunately, although she's doing really well, Daisy has cancer. Um, I found a lump and then um, they biopsied and then I got the results. The next day she was in for surgery and then she healed from that and then she was straight away into radiation. So it was incredibly expensive, like it was like five figures. I had to just pull out of my mortgage on my apartment, unfortunately, um, but there's no, there's no amount I could put on her. I would find a way. She's she's truly just my best friend in the whole world. I got her when I was 21. She's like been my best friend for my entire adult life. We've lived just the two of us for the last six years now. Um, and yeah, there just wasn't a question. Like she's got a really beautiful nature. It's definitely the smartest dog I've ever had. And then super, you know, obviously with the, the Kelpie and the Daffy jeans, energetic, like really crazy. Even now, at nearly 11 years old, she can have crazy bursts of energy sometimes. Running around in circles and running up and back to you and just bursts. And that can be at, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning when you just stumble out of bed or something and she's for some reason decides that, you know, that she's full of beans that <laughs> right there and then, you know. Daisy was pretty much perfect bracken height, so you could see her coming from a, a while away just to, just by the um, the disturbance in the bracken. She loved the beach and uh, she loved the bush as well. She was always really most relaxed and most at home and, and happy when she was, um, yeah, either at Mogs Creek or my mother's parents had a farm that she'd go absolutely nuts on, I guess, because there's a lot more rabbits up that way. Um, so she'd, she'd be off hunting and yelping for, for hours and, st and come back exhausted but, but happy. We both both liked tramping and, and I took her everywhere I went when, we, when I did go and she'd sort of she'd be on an orbit between me and, and the wider bush, but she'd always sort of come back at different junctures as, as I walked along. Well, she is actually a lot smarter than she lets people think. She would like to have things her way. The world is supposed to happen on a schedule. Breakfast at a specific time, supper at a specific time, and bedtime at a specific time. <laughs> She's very feisty. 
she's absolutely not without an opinion on everything. Like, if you move a pillow, she'll get upset and things like that. Um, and she's just very loving and very funny. Like, honestly, funny. And it sounds crazy. She just loves people. She almost does an eye roll and, a, and the sound of disgust when something doesn't go her way. You know, like if she walks over to me and I reach down and pet another dog, there's this <sighs> noise. <laughs> when um, friends come over, they're not allowed to hug me, not because she's protective over me, because then they're taking seconds away of attention from her. She needs 100% of the attention all the time. She will also turn her back to me because Spaniels tend to like to keep their people within their sight. And um, when she's annoyed with me, she literally will stand up, sigh, and turn around and lay down away from me. I would say she is the most affectionate dog that I've ever had. When I bring her to a party and other people bring their dogs to the party, I've noticed their dogs tend to stay by them. Whereas if I bring Daisy to a party, I don't see her again until it's time to, for us to go home. And all dogs are social. She's the most social dog I've ever seen in my life. I used to be a dog walker. She's truly as social as they get. She'll be like on some random dude's lap that I've never met and I'll have to tell him that he's she's my dog and take her. <laughs> German Shorthead Pointers are hunting dogs. They're um, what what you call a versatile gun dog. They um, point, flush and retrieve. They're not meant to kill. They're meant to have a very soft mouth. And a lot of people take them out duck hunting. Um, so once a um, duck's been shot, the dog goes and retrieves it from the water. She came from um, a property down on Mornington Peninsula and they had a dam, they had ducks on the dam, but they also had a lot of rabbits on the property and she was really focused on rabbits, absolutely focused on rabbits. Um, when we first got her, um, we had quite a few blackbirds in our garden and there were a lot of blackbirds and other birds down at the off-leash and we have very few birds in our garden now, blackbirds, um, and the off-leash, the whole time we're down there, she's hunting for birds in the trees. <laughs> she used to be able to bust a move, that's for sure. So I ask her to sit and then she shakes and then she'll stand like kind of like a meerkat on her hind legs. Um, and then if I wave my finger in sort of circular fashion, she will then do like a 360 on her back. She gets excited and she spins, turns around in very tight little circles. <laughs> it's like a 360. Then she'll roll over and then she'll jump. She's going to get in the car. She spins her way up the hallway. It's a, a real excitement thing that she does. And that's the... That's the routine. It doesn't quite go as quick and routine-ish now anymore because she's quite a bit older. But, you know, in a few years ago, like that was really not a problem for her at all. She didn't sort of have a very sleepy countenance. She was always at something. And I guess that's part of the breed. 
because they're ratting dogs, they're always um, sort of alert and um, got their snout in something. Um, so yeah, she was she was very active, but very sweet too. Like she always had a sense for when you might be down or distracted or you know grumpy or something, and, and she'd break that circuit. Say if you're feeling a bit crummy or whatever, and you decide to just sometimes I'll just would go to bed. Um, I don't necessarily even say anything to her. Within a few minutes, she'll jump up on the bed and then just come and sleep next to you. Like say so she's always just wants to be around and involved, I guess. What is the most endearing right now for her is how much she still wants to be around, you know, with me. High capacity to love. (sighs) What is the worst habit? I think the absolute worst habit as she's getting older, her internal clock does not work as well as it used to. And especially in America, we have daylight savings. And so her meals come at a different time and she will actually take her heavy ceramic, empty food dish. And she's old and arthritic now, walks rather slow, but she will take that heavy bowl and push it out into the middle of the room because she thinks it's time to eat. And then she'll whine. And she's not going to eat for two hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably trying to scab food. Yeah. <laughs> so as soon as you're eating or something, which is, you know, of course I've taught her, but she'll come and, you know, sit down in front of you or try to shake hands or sometimes even give a high five or, you know, sometimes even drool to uh, try and get you to share some of your food with her. She gets a bit itchy, so she scratches a lot. And apart from that, she used to, um, which is why I've got her inside all the time, she used to jump the fence. <laughs> yeah. Just, again, being Kelpie, they, they love to uh, set them a challenge and she just used to be able to jump a fence, no problem. She was um, kind of had a, a peculiar intelligence. Like She was a bit of an escape artist. She'd always... Um, find a new way out of the house and not go very far like she might just go next door to play with the other dogs but we the, the number of different things we tried to keep her in it's just extraordinary like she she'd dig under all the fences so they were concreted and then she'd jump over them so they were you know had perspex on the top of them so she'd slide down and then she'd nudge things up to the fence in order to sort of get on top of that and then over the top it was incredible it was just like you couldn't put anything in front of her that she wouldn't somehow intuit a way out of. The, the worst one she did, we had a side gate, a wooden side gate, and she she bit this sort of big crescent out of it, like a sort of Looney Tunes <laughs> hole <laughs> that was like her profile to, to get out, and she'd just gnawed through there because we'd concreted underneath it. If she was trapped in somewhere, no matter where it was, and she had a mind to get out, there wasn't there wasn't anything she wouldn't do. It looked like she'd got a small pack of C4 or dynamite or something and, and blasted it, but it was just the chewing. It was just the endless chewing. My husband just said her loud, high-pitched barking. <laughs> She's shocking. We were at the off-leash this morning and this person came in. He had a, um, a staffy and he, he wandered in. He had a hoodie on. And she barked all the, running up towards him all the way from one end of the off-leash to the other. 
It's almost as if she's thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God, what is it? <laughs> it happens when she's at home if someone knocks on the door. She rushes up the hallway with this alarm siren going. The dogs next door were always good barkers, like they were much more in the guard dog vein, and, and Daisy was never especially loud. She was she was reasonably quiet, which I suppose was part of the part of the fun, um, because you know if she was up to something, she wouldn't let you know. You'd have to find the evidence later. <laughs> you wouldn't get too much indication from the noise she was making. That's for sure. She growls at me if I wake her up. Only me. It's so me. <laughs> and so, like, if I've got to move her and she's sleeping or if it's just time for her to get up and I want her to be fed before I go to work or something like that, she can growl, but she only does it to me. And then otherwise she makes this really weird noise when you play with her, but I don't even know how to, like, make an imitation of it. It's otherworldly. I used to rehabilitate raccoons and they have 21 different sounds. And um, she reminds me a bit of that. You've been listening to part one of Oh My Daisy, the Oh My Dog pandemic special. Make sure you've subscribed to the podcast to catch part two when it's ready. Big thanks from me to Lydia Gamel, Tom Jones, Luke Laverton, Cassidy Waldron, Sue Thurley and the Daisies for taking part. Oh My Dog is produced independently on tourable Jagera land. Music by Blue Dot Sessions, sound design by me, more details on the website. Thank you to Dylan for doing the final mix and for your support. And special thanks to those lovely people who've donated good cash money to help me make the show. And thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed Oh My Dog, please share it with a friend who also loves dogs and podcasts. Ratings and reviews are super helpful, but I also love to hear from you on social media. And do drop me an email if you've got a great story. Until next time, please be kind and pat dogs. Yeah.